Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And Webb, the man who is... Live. Uh, we're live, Tommy. No, we're live. Here we well, go. I guess, not really, but we kind of... You know, I might make an exception and start doing live episodes with you. I never do live episodes, but I might start doing that. But so for all future listeners, today is Saturday, March 12th, 2022. Uh, George Webb's Twitter is 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 growing in leaps and bounds. You were on the Stu Peter show yesterday. You are yeah. breaking news on all sorts of bioweapons and sea spray activities. And actually, I'm listening to the Devil's Chessboard right now about oh, those brothers. Book, great book. David Talbot, great uh-huh. book. And I'm in it right now, and they're actually, ironically enough, talking about some of the Dr. Mengele-inspired sea spray activities of Fort Detrick in Korea, which I n- never knew about. But, George, for all the new listeners, please introduce yourself. Hey, I'm George Webb, and you're listening to George Webb and Tommy Kerrigan on the Tommy Kerrigan podcast. It's called Tommy's Podcast on Rumble. And uh, I was doing uh, TSA announcements for the transportation safety. <laughs> so that's why I have my radio voice. <laughs> and uh, uh, I just thought it was funny. The script I was given, put, put the mask of your child on before your own. Do not become alarmed if a small aerosol spray is put into your child's face. You know, just these little things are subtle, but after a while, you start getting a little bit paranoid. Yeah, you just got to do not be alarmed. Um, you know, please show your Ukrainian flag before boarding, boarding the flight. If you are not for Ukraine, if you don't, what is it? What is the thing they always say? Uh, Slava Ukraine? Is that the saying? You're for Putin. Yeah. You're a, you're yeah. a disinfo agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and please... Please uh, show us your phone to make sure that you have no screen grabs or memes about how there are uh, U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine that line up with the attack sites of Russia. And, um, yeah, so with that, though, it's – we talked about it last week, how the narratives are now falling apart and the time it takes to watch a movie. I'd say it's accelerating. Now it's <laughs> – last week we talked – two weeks ago we talked about Snake Island and Kiev, and, and a week later we talked about how they were fake. Now, in the time we've done a podcast, a narrative arose, was propped up, had holes poked through it, and collapsed. There are no biolabs. Conspiracy. There might be some defensive biolabs. They are not ours. They are ours. The Russians might fall. They might fall into Russian hands. The Russians want to bring it to the UN Security Council. Where, how is this developing more and more? And are there coronavirus bats being shipped out of, out of Kiev or Ukraine or wherever? Not me, Tommy, saying this, the general, or excuse me, the state, or not the State Department, the foreign minister goes to the Security Council. That's where not everybody gets to sit in the general, everybody gets to sit in the General Assembly. Security Council is only like 20 seats, right? So he goes there and says these this bat story, this bat truck story. Like a bat out of hell, like a bat truck out of hell. You're probably too young to remember a guy named Meatloaf, but there's a song. You've heard the... You've heard the expression, right? Yeah. 
yeah. like a bad truck, like a bad onion, literally transporting 140 boxes of these things that are flea ridden. It's not actually the bats that are transferring the disease. It's the fleas mm-hmm. and ticks. Mm-hmm. They're called ectoparasites. So you just wonder, uh, and and I've, I've been told now that the Russians didn't have the bio labs in mind when they launched the attack. And because they didn't come out before the attack and say so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that would be the, I was going to say side note. Sorry. I know I'm interrupting you. I get excited when I talk to you. No. Yeah. I I was just wondering all the military people you've uh, interviewed, right. They've all said that they clearly announced and make a public announcement of what their objectives are before they, they launch the attack. So the, the maximum number of their people will be killed. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think so. I think D-Day was kind of a secret operation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. People are like, how come they didn't announce it? What is what is the quote from Sun Tzu? Not all of his other ones. What is the quote? All war is based on deception. There you go. All of it. I agree. <laughs> all of it. We didn't, We Obama didn't come out and say, we are hitting the Bin Laden compound in Abbottabad tonight at 4 a.m. No, it's afterwards that we go in and and... How can we be sure that Obama really was going after Osama bin Laden at all? Oh, you know, I mean, even though they so beforehand, yeah, even though they said afterward that's what their objective was. How you do know, we the Russian, not know that they were just going into a bad to go to go fuck with? Because isn't that where isn't that where uh, the Pakistani ISI is located? I mean, maybe it was just dumb luck that Obama stumbled upon bin Laden, and now they're trying to cover their tracks. There's cricket fields there. I mean, how do they know the seals didn't want to play cricket? You know, Jesus. so I. But this is a serious talk that's happening right now. It's like the the Russians weren't looking for the biolabs. Yeah. You know, they they just didn't have anything to do yesterday when they went to the Security Council and convened a security. Just, it was just, you know, it's. I'll, I'll last thing and then I'll stop interrupting you. Is but it makes me think. He, right, but again, Unit Seven Thirty One. The parallels are they. It was the fleas that would infect the rats. It wasn't the rats. It was the fleas that used rats as. I mean, it, we want to talk about some some horror movie shit instead of using like agar like microbiology the rats were the agar the rats were the substrate and they they tie them down with little metal clamps on their uh, hands and feet and they put the fleas in there that had ebola marburg black plague smallpox but sorry george no they're trying to disguise this this is as old as bio warfare you go back to when the original attacking the war horses in in uh, world war one it was the fleas and ticks, right? Going all the way back. Mosquitoes became another vector. Uh, Hanscom Air Force Base in Massachusetts is the key base that worked on uh, bomblets uh, for Korea that you're talking about, all working with the 731 guys. The 731 top guys uh, all became executives in a company called Green Cross International. And they all got plasma centers, not over just in China, <laughs> But in the United States, folks, all the Green Cross guys, war criminals, got plasma centers in the United States. It's a comforting thought, Tom. It is. Yeah. It's. A, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Operation Paperclip's bad enough. But, I mean, you go into bringing back the Unit 731 guys who are actually – and that's not to say that, you know, it, it makes light of it because, oh, the Nazis were only testing on uh, Jews – but I mean, Unit Seven Thirty One. You really want to add insult to injury. I mean, they were testing on American POWs. It's horrible. I mean, the Seven Thirty One. The only reason I make light of it is because it's so horrible. Well, it's you just, have to. It's gallows. You, yeah, it's so bad. Uh, but you know, people are also saying we produce documents, right? In uh, 
you know, this the Russian document yesterday, uh, translation. I could only find the French version because the uh, English version was whacked. But actually, this somebody translated this for me. That's awfully nice. But, you know, here's their statement, Tommy. I didn't make this statement. Statement They're, by the, the chief of nuclear, biological, and chemical protection troops of the Russian Federation Armed Forces, Lieutenant General Igor Kirillov, March 7th, 2022, about biological programs. Yeah, so so this has been mentioned by Kona, the head of the guy there, Schwarzkopf, every day in every uh, press briefing they do. They've said that they were going to come out with a detailed briefing. They're preparing these briefing notes. I got to believe this isn't just because they didn't have anything better to do that day. It's probably because they had good reason. We're also being told we have these uh, papers from this gal named Dilyana, who is a person who followed these bioweapons in these labs, of especially Ukraine, where there was 11 at the time in 2017. The other one was Georgia, and the other one was Kazakhstan. And this is where these, what they call reference libraries were, where there was all these extremely deadly pathogens, right? These things, these papers came out about the U.S. State Department running these programs under diplomatic immunity in 2018. In the papers, Names of operations like Operation Big Bite, like mosquitoes mm-hmm. and fleas, right? Mm-hmm. Operation Big Itch, like mosquitoes and fleas, okay? Those aren't defensive operations. Those are not defensive operations. It's sort of like Operation Overlord. You know, this is a big attack, you know, like D-Day. So I don't know is if, you know, Wuhan military games now speculation but could have been a you know a practice run a live exercise for what what's about ready to happen here in ukraine i mean it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility where you go again we have them taking bats we have ukraine 140 cases of infected bats within flea-ridden infected bats leaving i'll get that part here in a second but leaving kharkov going outside of ukraine And then we have other papers where a U.S. Air Force program that's blood harvesting, this is right out of Green Cross again, blood harvesting, and they don't want Ukrainian blood. Now, if you're blood harvesting and you don't want Ukrainian blood, doesn't it make sense that it would be outside of Ukraine? And the Air Force papers say that they want Russian blood, Caucasian Russian blood. You can't make this stuff up, Tommy. But again, if the Russians weren't thinking about it, why did they put it in their statement? Why did they put it in their statement? So <laughs> you can't believe it, but it's there. No, but but you have to examine it. You kind of have to. With isn't that like Buddhist? I think it's some Buddhist quote, but it's basically it's you know the path to enlightenment is sober examination of what is in front of you, and not labeling it good or bad. Just examining it for what it is and moving from there. So let's think about military games. Yeah. Was there something much bigger planned and did somehow or another uh, KGB intelligence, which is notoriously incredible that they're they just because they've never had the technological advantage of the United States. Um, I mean, they had people in op, they had people in the Manhattan Project, the first special access program. Did they somehow see did they find out through and this is all speculation that there was something to happen? Who knows? Let's just say may 2022 and that's what this is is they're preemptively going in and foiling it is that's just one hypothesis well, I, 
I definitely had IP addresses going back to two guys, two henchmen named Fruman and Parnas from the U.S. Congress, a back channel to the U.S. Congress. This is the same place they get the 35 billion ATM machine um, for every time they turn around. Uh, Five billion from USAID, six billion. Uh, Colin Moisky is the guy who gets it through Privat Bank. Uh, the IMF is also giving them money, $15 billion at a tranche. It seems to be going into a uh, Colin Moisky oil refinery named Sokar in Turkey. And then that's what ends up in your gas pump in Ukraine. <laughs> you can't believe this. But, you know, Tommy, I think the thing you said, sober examination. Uh, anyway, we, we, we tracked this guy named Felix Sater and he went to Almaty where the uh, other central reference library, the CRL, which is basically the whole biopreparat Ken Alabek refrigerator. You've interviewed Ken Alabek several times. Mm -hmm. This is the refrigerator of extremely dangerous pathogens. It's called, uh, uh, you know, euphemistically, the central reference library. <laughs> but, but, you, and, and you, but you did tweet the other day, right? I think you said you were like, in Obama's defense, they did try to, am I remembering this correctly? They did try to yeah. securely... So, yeah. Oh, I'm defending Obama here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm saying that the president doesn't have power in these situations a lot of times. He doesn't know what's going on most of the time. Yeah. And he, everybody's pointing to the fact that he was involved in the 2005 agreement to move the bioweapons there with Richard Luger, uh, to move the reference library there with extremely dangerous pathogens. The lab got built in 2010. That was under when Obama was president. So we started as a senator and then as president. But what I'm saying is Obama was the guy who knocked down gain of function. This is why I think that they had to move it when, when he knocked down gain of function. They had to go to China with this thing. This is why we see the IP traffic of the Ukrainians going to China. Um, we have a, a, a wacky, weird, and t a flea and tick thing break out in Wuhan. And there's this gal from NATO named Virginia Benassi again that shows up there to be the first person on the scene. We still haven't got a picture of her. She supposedly works out of the WHO. So I'm just saying that the timing of all this seems very suspicious. It seems to be very uh, bang, bang, you know, and Obama knocks down the gate of function testing. And then we immediately seem to outsource this to Ukraine. I'm not saying that there, I have the paperwork for that. But there's a lot of circumstantial evidence in the mosaic right now. So as to sort of, and as everyone that watches this podcast knows, I do not shy away from wild speculation at all. I believe, I believe, <laughs> I believe for a couple weekends in a row, we accused uh, Leonardo DiCaprio of synthesizing COVID-19. So clearly George and I are not concerned with the fringes. But because there are so many things coming out right now, that you do have the documents on, that you are following the paper trail. Can we get into a little more of those and then we'll move on to speculation? But I mean, we have so much meat and potatoes right now. We don't need to speculate about what's for dessert. It's so what it what is all okay. going on right now? What are the because you're proven. I mean, Alex Jones is always right. I mean, it's now becoming George Webb is always right. You're proving these things right. So where are we right now? Because every week I have you on a week later it seems like you have a crystal ball. So let's just get to it. What is going on right now? What is the big, what is the big enchilada? What is there uh, undeniable evidence of onwards and, and so forth? That's, that's not a saying. Can I, 
can I just speak to DiCaprio for a second? Of course, we were joking. And he played Howard Hughes. And Howard Hughes had literally every aviation secret stolen from him by a guy named Bob Mayhew. And it started half the companies in Southern California. Huge air crash, or Hughes Aircraft, Hughes being my customer, had everything stolen from it. Lockheed, I'm talking satellites, uh-huh. I'm talking about missiles, rockets, you, you name it, uh, Teledyne, and uh, not Teledyne, but uh, Rocket, uh, Rocketdyne, and then also Rockwell, and all these other companies that get spun off by Mayhew. But we'll put that aside because, like you say, that's fun, rumor, speculation. I'm going to read. He did play Howard Hughes, Spruce Goose, I mean, Issy Kolomoisky, and Tonoff 225. I mean, we don't know. I think you got to remember they almost killed him twice. Yeah. Okay. Once during the war, because remember they're they're saying he's the Mark Zuckerberg of his age. Yeah. Right. They're saying here's this whiz kid who's really an oil kid, and he inherited the oil. First billionaire. Uh, you know the 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 drilling bit. So they didn't want to go in front of Congress with, hey, uh, we're a bunch of Nazis that are trying to figure out what we're going to do after the war. And we really would like to start a whole bunch of projects like the U2. But, and we need a job. You know, they, they used Hughes, and I can't remember the name of the plane, in the prototype of the yeah. U2. And then they almost killed him in the U2. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been convenient? So anyway, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting back to what you said, Tommy, give me facts. This is reading directly from the testimony of the Russian general. Okay. But I'm going to just say, for example, since 2021, the Pentagon has been carrying out a project called Diagnosis, observing the prevention of, let's see, excuse me, the prevention of zoonotic diseases in the armed forces of the Ukraine, which is funded by $11.8 million. That's charge number one, that they're using the army of Ukraine, all these conscriptees, for virus vaccine testing. Biological testing. Now, I don't know if you call that bioweapons or not, but it's certainly biological testing, and it's called diagnosis. Okay? There's, I'll throw that first one up on the table. I've said that they were testing against U.S. personnel and NATO personnel uh, because NATO, U.S. is a part of NATO when we go do these joint projects. There's a, I can't remember what state sends its National Guard. I think it's Wisconsin or Minnesota uh, and I think California also sends National Guard. There's there's several different National Guards that go there. So we they could be part of this testing. So that's first off is diagnosis. Um, and, you know, you can just go down the list and read this thing. Um, in 2021, the German uh, d- defense minister examined the Congo, Congo Crimea hemorrhagic fever, uh, lep, uh, leptospirosis, meningitis, and hantavirus, causative agents within the uh, Ukraine German initiative for biological security and uh, in, in the uh, borders of the European Union. So this means that they're in conjunction with Germany, they've decided to make this a your EU wide testing program. And who voted on that? <laughs> so, and, and there's a list of these things and, and we can go, you know, down the list as we go through the podcast, but I think we should just take these one at a time and just say, are we really uncovering something here that's more than just a, you know, a blip? This is more than just weapons of mass destruction for Saddam Hussein. This may be the whole State Department proxy program for bioagents. Yeah, it would be like um, 
It'd be like if, if like a, I don't know, like a Nazi surveillance plane or something saw one or two ships approaching Normandy. Is this just, is it just that? Or as the fog recedes, do you see like, oh, this is a pivotal moment in world history. This is actually the largest amphibious invasion in, of mankind. I yeah. love your knowledge of history because you, you paint these visual scenes. You know, if you've ever watched the movie, The Longest Day. Oh, yeah. That's, ex that's exactly what happens as the ships come out. He yeah. goes, invasion, yeah. invasion. Yeah, yeah, you see one and then all of a sudden it's like you just see the entire thing and it's like, oh, my God. Isn't oh, that's that, great, Tommy. Yeah. I love I love the uh, color here. This yeah. is great. So let me, I'll read uh, one more. Uh, under the pretext of testing these agents, the treatment and prevention of coronavirus infection, so they're using, they're doing coronavirus bat testing there, bioagents. Uh, I don't know if it's a bioweapon or not, but they're testing bats and coronaviruses there in Odessa, this facility. This seems to be, the Odessa facility seems to be the thing with the Central Reference Library, the Ken Alabek uh, refrigerator. That seems to be the thing that triggered the Russians uh, because that's the one they talk about. And then there's one in Kiev also that triggered them and they haven't taken when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I don't believe. I think that's the next thing to go. And speaking of predictions, my prediction is this. Zelensky, you remain the president. We leave on a 30-day schedule uh, in a controlled withdrawal if you turn over the stuff at that lab. It let the world see this because the Russians have been double-crossed on this before. They got blamed in Syria in 2014 for Gouda and Aleppo. And they turned it around and said, no, it's the Russians that did it, when it was actually, in fact, uh, terrorist stuff that got loose from Saddam Hussein, then went to Libya, then went to Syria. So it's this kind of like, you know, whack-a-mole. Mm -hmm. you know? So the Russians got blamed for this before in 2014. And, and, and the same characters that blame the Russians, like Amal Clooney, George Clooney's wife, are now being brought out again as Time Women of the Year all of a sudden because she's going to blame Russia again for a bioweapons attack here. So um, that's my prediction is turn over the lab and we leave. Turn over the lab documents and we leave with protection for Donbass. And you couldn't, and you couldn't preemptively say two weeks ago, this is what we're doing because they would have scattered, they would have destroyed it, they would have... XYZ, oh, crazy conspiracy theorist, you almost have to take them off guard and go seemingly for no reason, go take Kiev or something. It, it seems like a brilliant smokescreen. Yeah, I mean, the uh, you got to catch people in the act. Now, what the Russian minister said in this speech at the Security Council yesterday was, we didn't get the stuff. We didn't get the bio agents. We didn't get the vials, if you will. But what we did get is the documentation. We got the papers and they're publishing these papers. And so some people are saying half glass, half full, half empty. You don't have any vials. So you're, you know, you made it all up, Russian propaganda. 
other people are saying, well, the documentation would be the last thing you would save. The first thing you would do is obey Victoria Newland's order to get all the pathogens out of there, either to destroy them or fly them out of there. I mean, this is easy to just put them up in a helicopter and throw them in the Black Sea. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, if they, the Russians seem to think they moved them to another location, like a Moldova or, uh, you know, one of the other, uh, Poland would be my first uh, thing I mean that's basically where the Nazis kept all the Albert Speer documents. Leave Lviv, leave Lviv. That kind of there's a song there. Leave Lviv. It sounds like a great, it sounds like a great album. I'm leaving from Lviv. Yeah, I don't know when I'll be back again. <laughs> leaving on a jet plane, bio agents in the back of it. <laughs> but, but you go just to the to the north, Tommy. You're in the Owl Mountains. You're in Albert Speer, where they put all the original bioweapons documents after World War II. So that's why I'd put them. Uh, I wouldn't throw them away. I wouldn't throw the vials away if I was a good Nazi. But um, remember, this is a Nazi conclave over there in the West. They sided that side of the Dnieper River on the West, sided with the Nazis. Stephen Bandera, then Labed. They still have blood and soil marches, the torch lit marches like uh, Charles, Charlottesville. Very Nazi still. Odessa, there's been books and books and books written about how that's where the Nazis went to get to a warm water port, you know, after World War II. So, and you're an expert in this uh, World War II history, so I should let you comment on that. Well, I was just thinking, no, in general, I mean, they do kind of echo all the same stuff. Albert Speer, the huge the huge drapes, the Nuremberg, the, yeah, the lights shooting up into the sky. It was all about the, what was it, the super sensory experience where you're supposed to oversaturate the mind. They're doing all that. It's not neo-Nazi in the sense that uh, someone's a Republican and you don't like it. I mean, genuine neo-Nazis echoing in the footsteps every way that they can. Like, and. And the Nazis loved the bioweapon because it was a force multiplier like uh, nobody's business. One, yeah. Sword in the one guy with Loma. Yeah, one guy on one boat with one fan and one test tube could kill thousands, you know, and ethnically cleanse Donbass, you know. Yeah. So Operation Sea Spray. Um, so again, speculation, but just saying Nazis invested in that. So so Congo Crimea hemorrhagic fever. There's a program called, we have the documentation, it's been out since 2018, called UP8, which is Ukraine Program 8. Now, again, big bite, big itch. There's many operation names that were in these documents. But when you hear Ukraine Program 8, you think, hey, there's probably Ukraine Program 1, 2, 3. And now, with these new documents, now we have proof that there is documents. UP8 seems to be Crimea Congo hemorrhagic fever. If you go back to Crimea, Congo hemorrhagic fever, the, where it got the word Crimea was an outbreak after World War II in Crimea. Where it got the word Congo was an outbreak about 20 years later in Africa. As a lot of these Odessa guys started saying, hey, we got to start testing on some populations here. Where's a, a you know, kind of a, a, a news vacuum where we can do that on a population? Well, we may as well do it in Congo, where there's uh, almost a uh, 90% grade enriched uranium. And so, um, oh, the uh, the guy who uh, did the whole exodus of the 
I'm trying to remember his name, uh, Borman. Borman sent his son uh, to Congo, to the to the uranium fields of Congo. And then guess what? When there's a worker uprising, Congo, uh, excuse me, Crimea hemorrhagic fever now becomes Congo Crimea hemorrhagic fever. So that's why I track UP8. But it turns out there's UP13 now. There, there's a whole bunch of other Ukraine programs. There's similar programs in Kazakhstan, KZ1, KZ2, KZ3, who knows how many there are. But we're seeing a lot more supporting documentation come in now to support this Juliana's documentation from 2018. Does, I'm trying to think of, I mean, the, the, the Nazi the Nazi fantasy was always a disease that attacked a certain race. If you could find a, a genetic marker or something that could just take out that you wouldn't even need to do, forget laser guided bombs. I mean, a disease that could only affect whoever you didn't like, Jews, blacks, or you could choose a nationality. You could go and try to find a distinct genetic marker in there. You got it, Tommy. <laughs> in, the, in the Air Force document that we have, it's looking for markers for Caucasians and Russians, Slavic versus the more Nordic, uh, you know, my gene line, which is more German and so forth. You, you just can't believe it. That's what the Air Force documents ask for. We will not take Ukrainian blood samples because you could be mixing in some of our old Bandera, you know, uh, Peter Daszak's dad and the whole Galicia brigade. And we don't want that mixed in. We want to make sure we're getting Slavs. Right now, one of the early uh, things that this genetic thing focused on was blood type, because people in Asia mainly O, and the spikes that are actually you know like you have the spike protein on a coronavirus, you have you have spikes sort of like that on your your uh, red blood cells, and it all be, it came about because of the bubonic plagues. The A spikes wiped out half of Europe. If you had the spikes, you fought against the plague. Then the second wave, you got the B spikes, and that's why Europeans have A's and B's, or blood type A and blood type B. And some of us American Indian uh, blood types are O's. I think I'm actually B, but I, I don't know. Do you know what blood type you are? I don't know. I know that despite being translucent white, I think my dad's grandma was actually like, was like 100% like Cherokee Indian. Yeah, which is not like mine. Yeah, my grand, great grandmother. Yeah, I mean, you look at all the lakes in New Hampshire. It's Moose Lake, Magunt Lake. It's it's um, um Baygog. It's they're all named after. Yeah, they're all named after you know just Native American shit. Yeah, so I think whatever that would be, I would imagine. Oh, right. Well, the the spikes or the 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 agglutination. There's the, I think right, uh, eight genes and three different types, but uh, so and you can play with the eight genes, uh, but Usually the A's and B's hang around. They're tougher than the O's. Yeah. But coronavirus turned out, as we know, to be twice as effective against A as B, and then half as effective against O, which is pretty significant. This is the first time we ever tested against blood type. Now, that's not racial. That's not racial. Um, but there are other things on your organs that are receptors on your organs that are used in organ matching, the HLA mm -hmm. um, matching, that also can be used for targeting. Mm -hmm. And that gets a much more sophisticated. But again, if you know the code, you, you can target certain people's organs 
and then not others. But then you need a whole bunch of genomes first so you know how to differentiate. Maybe so I'm, I'm not saying that's where it's going, but man, we are seeing documents that are pointing in that direction. Um, side note, um, are Native Americans, do they have a higher percentage of O blood type? Yes. I was just thinking yes. like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> that's why you're here. And that's why I'm banned from YouTube. But like, but I was thinking like, but right, because you do have, you have this, right, there's RH negative and RH positive, And then you do have all the, the sites on organs. That's how you have organ rejection, right? You have to have immunosuppressant drugs. That's why not, you know, that's why you have to have an organ match as opposed to just, you can't just get it. And it does seem absurd. But I mean, it's the great Arthur C. Clarke uh, quote, any sufficiently uh, advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So, yes, I mean, you go to you go back to Napoleon's age and you drop a laser guided JDAM from a plane that's beyond the line of human sight. And all of a sudden something just explodes nearby, but there's no artillery for a thousand miles. That's magic. Or even better yet, you use some like a like active denial energy weapon or acoustic thing, you bring that back to the Revolutionary War. That's magic. So it does seem like magic. How can you just attack certain... But as we're seeing, like you, as technology marches forward, that is possible. You can do this. Absolutely. Um, immunosuppressive drugs have to do that. Yeah. Uh, Cancer-targeting drugs have to do that. Uh, any kind of personalized or precision medicine has to do that. And what it is, just to get it on the record for your listeners and my listeners, is it's called the MHC complex, the major histocompatibility complex. And there's combinations of them. And your body is brilliant in terms of how it uses the combinations of different uh, parts, like Lego blocks, to make different MHCs. So I won't go into the technical details of it, but there, there is a, a method to this madness, and it's used every day in immunosuppressive therapy and cancer therapy. So having said that, now looking at other things that these labs are doing and the outbreaks that are happening in Ukraine of all these livestock type things. Remember, if I'm targeting, if I want to target, let's say, people in Wuhan, I can drive the uh, Batmobile, uh, the Kolomoyskin can get in his Batmobile, take the 140 um containers with the bats that are infected with all the fleas, and I can drive to the flea market, or excuse me, the seafood market. And the fleas get out on all the live animals. Remember, there's live animals at the market. And they make the animals sick, and their flesh now becomes uh, infected. And so hopefully, if I'm doing a bioweapons attack, some of that is is the uptake, and it works, right? And, and now we create a pandemic. Um, it did, did, you know, it did appears you, that. Sorry, did you did you invite someone to the the podcast? So no, a thing just popped up about joining. No, Chris, you're getting hacked. Chris, hey, NATO is hacking you. Chris Thompson, <laughs> shout out NATO. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. I was just thinking. I was NATO. Like, I was like, I'm pretty OCD about scheduling. I never. Sorry, keep going. NATO uh, comes in. Uh, or not some, not NATO, but somebody. Uh, so I, Kiev is the number one thing that hacks my podcasts and live broadcasts. It's always Kiev. And I worked with a guy who worked out of Kiev, the Nabu crime unit there, called Dmitry Alperovich, and he writes all these hacking algorithms. And so I, I want to think it's Dmitry. 
But uh, anyway, Dimitri, if you're out there, hi, how you doing? <laughs> Tommy waves to the for all the radio yeah, listeners. Wave to the NSA. Wave to the FBI. You know, I always, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for the day. I always say it. I say, hey, Fort Meade, just turn the lights on and off. Just blink them for me. <laughs> just, you know, let me know you're here. Let me know you're here. Well, there is a company, by the way. You mentioned Fort Meade. You mentioned the NSA. There is a company called Black and Beach that built all these. Um, biolabs in Ukraine and just finished a big new brand new shiny one in Odessa and they're based out of Orlando, uh, Kansas where Sprint is in, in Kansas near Kansas City. Uh, $3.7 billion family run business 100 years etc. But they do all of the NSA locations. They do one here in Georgia uh, which is called Sweet Tea. That's the location that monitors all the conversations from the Middle East and North Africa. Um, so they do what the SCIFs, you know, the secure communications facilities. So it's obvious that, well, not obvious, but it is true that the people building the biolabs are also the same people who build our most secure communications facilities with the NSA. Now, if you're collecting samples from Elsie the cow, <laughs> you know, I don't think you need to have a hot wire to the NSA. Just saying. Maybe you do because the Russians could be attacking or something. I don't know. But it is interesting how Black and Beach, which is typically on the high end of construction, you know, that does the most secure locations is the people, the same people building the biolabs. Typically, you would only do that if you were housing uh, top secret uh, military locations. And the Russians in this statement and the statement before by uh, the other Schwarzkopf guy, I call him Kona Coffee, is Kona Skirolev or whatever his name is. They uh, they assess that two of the floors on these locations are U.S. Army classified locations. So nobody knows what's going on there. If they could say that it's diagnostics and collection on all the other five floors, but you don't know, and I don't know, and nobody knows what's happening on those other two floors. And the big question is why, and why are we funding it, and why why is Black and Beach doing the you know the the secure tunnel back to Washington D.C. and NSA if it's not a top secret program? I mean, top secret program. Yeah, why why build a skiff if you're just not you know if yeah if you know if, if I had a skiff in my apartment, although that would be in my right to do that, the reality is is like hey Tommy like. Don't be surprised if all of a sudden the you're paying more attention to you because the, why is there an electronic black hole in your apartment? Again, not going into the implications of that and your privacy, sure, but just at the surface level, if you're not doing anything there, why why do you have a skiff? If you're just collecting yeah pig pig blood samples, which they've had a lot of outbreaks of swine flu or bird flu samples with the chickens. You know, you just don't seem to need that level. But anyway, let's talk about the pig thing because African swine flu, again, as the name suggests, you would think this would be something that would hammer African animals, okay? And typically uh, in wars of attrition, low-intensity warfare, the first thing you can do uh, if you want to knock out the enemy is kill their livestock because mm-hmm. then then they starve to death in vietnam they used to say you kill the water buffalo that the family has you may as well kill the family right so african swine flu has been used 
in a warfare situation in Africa. Now, all of a sudden, that shows up at this Odessa lab, right? Now, I'm not saying that they haven't had outbreaks of African swine flu. I'm not saying that there isn't pork that goes from Africa to Ukraine. But the last time I checked, Ukraine had plenty of hog farmers, you know, that's just like every time you see one of these scenes from Ukraine, there's always 10 pigs behind them. Why are we importing African? But whatever the Russians found, it was important enough to mention. And it, it ties this to taking this swine flu and trying to passage it through various animals, like you mentioned with the fleas and then the mice to humans to make it infect humans. Now, why would you do that if it's not an offensive program? Were you afraid that somebody out there who was taking a pig to market might have a chemistry set at home and then might do that? And so now you have to figure out a defense for that? It's a very rare. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, I get, like, let's just play devil's advocate. I mean, you do have to, right, develop defense, right? You can't have ICBMs without simultaneously developing anti-ballistic missiles or SDI or lasers or, you know, b b bomb sniffers or even right right after 9-11, right, all those programs with DITRA and DARPA, the, the battlefield uh, vaccines, like, sure. But it's this is almost too close to COVID where it's we had to develop gain of function to see what happens. It's almost too close to your where you're going hold on. Like we just saw, let's just, again, I don't believe it, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's really what they were trying to do with gain of function. I don't believe that at all, but let's just say that. Okay. We saw that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You tried to do this. It broke from a lab. 5 million people are dead. Okay. You're not doing it again, right? You're not using that same logic to do it again two years later where the Russians just so happened to have been invading and found this just by chance. That's kind of where I'm coming down on it. Sorry. No, I like it. <laughs> I like it. it the, uh, uh, yeah. It, it's like, it can't always be, I call it Miss uh, mother or Leary's um, with the lantern kicking over the lantern. And that's what burned down half of Chicago. Uh, or Mrs. O'Leary's lantern is what they say caused the Chicago fire. Okay. It's never the fact that I had designs on half of Chicago and putting elevators in buildings on half of Chicago and, you know, buying real estate for pennies on the dollar that wasn't insured land and then, and then owning the Chicago skyline. It's never that. Yeah. It's always Mrs. O'Leary. But if Mrs. O'Leary kicks over the lantern again. In another city. <laughs> now... <laughs> Now there needs to be a special counsel. <laughs> Who's Miss O'Leary? Where is she getting her Bitcoin funding from? Is this dark money? <laughs> you know something? You O'Leary's need a little investigation. I'll just read this thing uh, about the African swine flu. Let you make the decisions. Again, they they probably had better things to do. They could have been golfing, you know, in New York here when they called the Security Council meeting. But they chose to say, we are uh, considered... Uh, in that in the year 2007, a strain of African swine flu with high contagiousness was constructed was constructed in the Georgian Biological Laboratory, which is subordinate to the Pentagon. 
So Bastiliana did a big workup on that as well and said there was offensive uh, bioweapons programs going on there. And again, that's right before the 2008 incursion by the Soviets and also did the Soviets invade Georgia because of this bioweapons attack. Now this this could be precedent. This could be why Putin decided to go uh, oh, to pre shit. to preempt this, because this is top of mind. Not me. It's top of mind of the foreign minister in front of the Security Council. He's saying you guys did this before, and then we went in to uh, control the ethnic cleansing before in Georgia, and now we're doing the same thing in Ukraine. That's what he's saying in his in his message here. I don't know if he has proof of this or not, but he's saying that somebody has taken a version of African swine flu and constructed it, a chimera, something never existed in nature before, okay? So, um, um, okay, which is subordinate to the Pentagon, okay? Again, Black and Beach, I believe, built this. It is spread, the spread caused significant economic damage uh, to a number of states, including Ukraine and Poland, and excluded them from a number of pork exporters. So it economically damaged this group. Now that's also another place the Azov Brigade is very active and this Kolomoisky is running and financing this Azov Brigade. So again, it seems like the Azov Brigade uh, is a target of the Russians. Uh, that's what Putin has said, this Nazi group. If you notice the tanks are all either Z or O, or V or A, you know, done all their markings. It seems like they're trying to send the message. We're here to get the Azovs. So again, speculation, but again, it's interesting how the Russian tanks and trucks and all that use I those four letters. That. I hadn't yeah. noticed that. I wasn't sure. I mean, it could be just that they just decided to to choose is the same four letters, but you know. it might be it might just be a coincidence that those soldiers used to just write, you know, was it Happy Easter Adolf on the shells they were using as they were approaching uh, Berlin? No, just that was just a coincidence. Yeah, um, well, I also think maybe some people say, well, the Cyrillic alphabet and the uh, what is our ours is the Roman, Roman Greek guess, Roman, yeah. Uh, alphabet share the same letters so that NATO forces would recognize the Z. It, whereas if they use a Cyrillic letter, they might get shot by a friend or foe. So there's there's arguments both ways. I just think it's very, everything points and overlaps in a mosaic. Not all, like we don't have the smoking gun it, other than the foreign minister actually saying it, but we don't have like, all the documents, the invasion plan with all the maps saying, okay, General O'Reilly is going to attack here and then Pat and then Bradley. We don't have the order of battle, yeah. but that's hard to get. Yeah. You know, those are hard to get. But I'm just, I'm just saying that they, he, he made a, a point of mentioning it at the Security Council. It is, it is an insane thing to kind of entertain. Like, did that happen in Georgia? Did it happen in Crimea? Is it happening again? Is it happening again and again to where, yeah, if they think that there is an offensive biological weapon program, if they think it's their Cuban Missile Crisis, 
yeah, you would go in and without hesitation, you'd knock it to hell. And now another one. Okay. In 2014, he mentions right before the revolution that unseated Yanukovych, same sort of thing with a softening of the defenses with a uh, maybe a planned outbreak. And so he talks about this at the same time, the activity of biological laboratories uh, that according to our data has been intensified since 2014, the so-called Ukrainian healthcare system reforming program implemented by the United States has led to an unimaginable increase in hazard in disease and caused important infections infection morbidity. So he's saying that this also happened not only in 2008, 2007 in Georgia, but now in the 2014 overthrow, he's, he's basically intimating that bioweapons may have been involved. So this is like third time's a charm, mm. you know, are we going to watch the third strike go by us and be called out? Or are we going to protect the plate? Um, you, you played baseball, didn't you, Tommy? No, but I, I, I'm, I know. Yeah, I'm very. You got my analogy yes, here. Yes. So it says here that there has been noted instances of rubella, diphtheria, tuberculosis cases in Ukraine, a, a, a substantial increase. The incidence of measles has increased more than a hundred times since. And since when? Uh, well, I don't have that. Uh, the World Health Organization has declared Ukraine a country with high risk of uh, polio mellitus, polio outbreak. I think one of the things you mentioned is, hey, hey, uh, woke kids, polio, uh, uh, Ukraine is only 34% vaccinated. Right? Hey, Joe Biden. <laughs> we should be chastising them as a nation. You know, that's something that you would want to do. I wonder how many people of the Donbass, what their vaccination rate is. Because I mean, if you're, you know, trying to take them out. If this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, I, I think, do we stand with Putin? Are they going in there with just, do we know that they're using bullets? Are they not vaccine needles? <laughs> well, I think it's horrible. I mean, you and I both, you and I both don't like war no, right of course not there are there are, there are yeah. kids there are kids getting their limbs blown off it's the same yeah. thing as making a 9-11 joke or a jfk joke it's right i right. mean I, I i make suicide jokes i lost a brother to suicide you you make it because right. it takes the, the the edges off of it you you dull the corners so right. anyone that Absolutely. gets their panties in a bundle i no 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 it's fine i i just yeah. wanted to get yeah, to the yeah, record no, that know. that we're doing the gallows humor uh, and we don't certainly don't like the fact that Putin felt like his back was against the wall. This is the sixth uh, incursion by NATO going east toward toward Russia. They they made a promise the Budapest agreements they wouldn't go east, uh, and now here's the sixth nation. And now if it is going to enable a bioweapons attack like 2008 in Georgia and 2014. Uh, for Yanukovych, who was, who was democratically elected, okay, that was an overthrow by the CIA, that maybe this was the third strike, and he couldn't watch that third strike. He, he had to protect the plate. 
I'm not trying to make excuses for Putin, but I'm just trying to say that this is what the Russians are saying yesterday. And I'm just trying to report what the Russians actually said, because everything that you see is Russian lies, Russian disinformation. We're all agents of Putin. And we never actually hear what they say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not to beat a dead horse, because I know we've gone over this and I've done that not just with with George, but with a ton of guests recently is I have to like by by rational logic deducing principle question everything that's going on right now because I mean we just finished two years of COVID and I saw a media blitz, a narrative, and if you deviated from that narrative you were a Nazi. So it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's Ukraine. It doesn't matter if it's a a media blitz out of nowhere that everyone should buy green balloons for birthday parties. It doesn't matter what it is. When I see an all-out and seemingly sudden, instantaneous and uniform media blitz to push one narrative forward and an instant uh, uh, demonification of the opponent, and you cannot even, it's not that you can't even side with Putin. You can't even say, can I hear all the sides? You can't even say, can we play devil's advocate? Can I just see where they're coming? Can I just, no. So that is that is where like my mind is on all of this. It has nothing to do with Ukraine. I don't care. When I see all of this, I'm inclined to say, we have to start stripping it down to its component pieces. Or in two years, are we going to be looking back at this the same way we're now are looking back at two weeks of flatten the curve? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Tommy, you you uh, had a great uh, meme with the monkeys when the monkeys got out of the oh yeah <laughs> out of the truck. <laughs> just, and just take everybody through that because then I want to do the bats next. Oh yeah, no, when, it was it was right. That was a couple months ago when that. It was like when they were realizing Omicron wasn't wasn't kind of cutting it, wasn't scaring everybody, and like a truck full of monkeys that were diseased, like turned over in like Boston or something. And no, it, it was it was in it was in mid, mid Pennsylvania, wherever the hell <laughs> it, it left Boston. Yeah, it was from Boston. Yeah, it was the CIA's B team. It was just yeah. it was some bullshit like. Oh, like a, a truck leaving like a, a castle on a rainy night with, you know, monkeys with red eyes. And, oh, the truck driver falls asleep at the wheel and it flips over. And it's, I mean, it seems like the beginning montage of like, you know, like the Powderpuff Girls or like Pinky in the Brain or like a cartoon or something. It's like, we all know how this happened, you know, or like, you know, Peter Parker being bit by the spider. It's like on a run on a night, it took a sharp turn and the monkeys came out and it's, it seems like the CIA's B team, like COVID, they did COVID pretty well. This was, no. this was a sloppy sequel. This was a money grab. This was, this was Anchorman two, right? They came out and they just, <laughs> that's what it was. And that's what it, it seems like is you're looking at it and you're like, is this just demoralization? Are they showing you they don't give a shit? Yeah. But if there are bad, well, you, you and I, you and I did that show. Uh, about a month ago, maybe, or maybe it was a little more it was than a little longer. Yeah, it was maybe six weeks or two months. And you and I both thought we were done with uh, animals escaping, you know, pathogenic animals escaping to create 
pandemics. We both were wrong yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yesterday again, I hate to go to the foreign minister, but that's where we get the 140 cages of flea bitten bats. And these can fly. They're a lot better than monkeys. These are actually flying monkeys. They call the bats the flying monkeys, right? So now we have flying monkeys. But again, and, but again, it's just a shitty sequel. And now they can fly from from the heart of a of a war from you know Marvel Avengers Zelensky to the evil Vladimir Putin. From this cavalcade of forces comes the diseased bats, and it's like, guys, like can we just can we just like come on. Just launch a nuke. Like, if you're going to do it, at least have the balls of, like, a, a Stalin or an Eisenhower. Just do it. Stop at this. Stop at these window dressings. Just straight up say, yeah, we're going to kill all of y'all. Just, I, I would yeah. kind of respect that. I would kind of, <laughs> if class came out and was just, like, a 19 out of every 20 of y'all got to go. I'd be like, demon, but thank you for your straightforwardness. Yeah, but see, if we kill you, Tommy, we can't harvest your B cells, which could then make the best monoclonal antibody for the next vaccine. So we don't want to do that. We want to keep you alive uh, and uh, just make you sick and and harvest you. Yeah, it's it's it was in the thing. I, I won't go into it. I won't keep reading. But um, I'm fine with it. It is something that you should you should check out, and you can see it on C-SPAN. C-SPAN's the only. Uh, Flaysec covered it. None of the networks, PBS, nobody. And RT's off the air completely, and Sputnik's not far behind. So we're, the, we're it, Tommy. I say we keep going into it. George, you know the drill. I'm going to use the restroom. Okay. George, tell everybody okay, where they can find you, where they can find Neighborhood News Studio, your Twitter, all that good stuff. Sure, sure. Well, you're listening to Tommy Kerrigan, the Tommy Kerrigan podcast. It can be found at Rumble. Under Tommy's podcast, and of course, I'm your host, at least on this side of uh, the uh, Mason-Dixon line, in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. My name is George Webb, and I work, uh, you can find me weekdays on at noon at NeighborhoodNews.com, NeighborhoodNews.com, uh, for two hours of news and analysis every day. And then, of course, on weekends, you can find me here with Tommy Kerrigan, and also occasionally I do a podcast with Peter Duke. Peter Duke, the great Peter Duke, the Hollywood uh, creative consultant, uh, working with many of Hollywood's best documentarians uh, for fact-based documenta- uh, documentary uh, that uh, tend to be on the conservative side. So that's called the Reality OS, Peter Duke. Uh, I am on Twitter. Most of my communication to my audience is through uh, Twitter at RealGeorgeWeb1, the numeral one. I know it's a long story. I got hacked. Uh, everything was destroyed on my Twitter. Four and a half years of work. So I had to end up with a real long Twitter name, Real George Webb One on Twitter. And uh, while Tommy is taking a well deserved break, I'll just point everybody to the source document that I've been reading from. It's called The Statement of the Chief Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical Protection of Troops of Federation Armed Forces Lieutenant General Igor Korolov, uh, dated March 7th, 2022. And of course, yesterday he presented that same information to the Security Council, the UN Security Council. Uh, I actually watched it from beginning to end. And of the folks that commented, 
Um, I thought, of course, most people said this Putin, this is lies and so forth, unsubstantiated and just went back to this is a horrible incursion. But uh, the, the Russian minister did mention the fact that none other than Colin Powell waved a uh, vial of yellow cake to justify a not only an invasion with shock and awe bombing, indiscriminate bombing, not precision bombing, but shock and awe bombing of Baghdad. But then also followed it up with a 20-year invasion and occupation, right? So um, uh, the Russian uh, general did not mention that this was uh, sort of Putin's uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. But we will mention it when Tommy joins us here, when he puts his headphones on. Tommy, oh, you don't need to put headphones headphones. on. I'm I'm ready to rock. Um, Well, I just wanted to go over one thing. Oh, you got something for you got a shirt that you wanted to show? Oh no no no! It's a blanket. I I I use my I keep my air conditioner low. I always have a blanket. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot you're in Maryland. Yeah. And you're in the Eastern Shore there. Still cold. Uh, still cold here today too. I don't want to kid anybody. But I keep two, it cold year round. It doesn't matter where I am. I keep the air conditioner blasting. Oh, okay. Well, the um, I got some light coming in here. So if I look like I'm uh, it, uh, suffering a nuclear explosion, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> you you never hear it. Just yeah, it's just it's just that. Have you ever have you ever put like a paper plate in a fire or something, and you know how it sits there, and all of a sudden just goes and it light and it yeah. goes. Yeah, I, I, I realized. I think it was last summer. I was, or maybe it was over Christmas. I was up at my parents' place, and I threw a paper plate into the fireplace, and was just watching it. And uh, I realized just how similar that does sound to those like those nuclear weapon videos, where it's just. It's the thermal pulse instantly igniting everything. Yeah. yeah I've never yeah. thought of it. The, uh, the wave of, uh, well, I was going to say that there was two rounds at the security council. The, the, the member could call the, the meeting, Russia called the meeting and then everybody commented and said what a bad idea it was. Uh, China kind of made a half statement saying we should send in WHO investigators uh, Ghana sort of said the same thing. We should send in investigators to get to the bottom of it. Uh, Mexico kind of said something along that line, but most everybody said Putin disinformation. We shouldn't take these uh, charges seriously. But then Russia had a chance to retort, and they pulled out the fa- the Colin Powell vial that justified the invasion of Iraq, and they said, hey. Not only did you invade, you used shock and awe, indiscriminate weapons instead of precision weapons. Um, and you bragged about it when you did that. And then you stayed for 20 years after denuding the country of all the resources. So you're on the high horse right now uh, because we think there's biological weapons being used, about ready to be launched against our country in a preemptive strike. And you were not attacking Canada you know, a biological lab that was put on the border across the Detroit River from Detroit, you were attacking somebody who was, a, you know, 7,000 miles away from here, uh, Washington, D.C., or 6,000 miles. So he made that point. He didn't make the point, which I thought was even better, which is, what did your President Kennedy do in this same exact room? I love it when you can point to the chair, or you can say, in this same exact room, okay, <laughs> and that same exact table, with that same exact coffee cup and that same exact United States over there, Adlai Stevenson sat right in that chair that you sat, you sit in now. And he said, Soviet missiles 90 miles from the United States will 
be a preemptive strike. We'll, we'll authorize a preemptive strike against Cuba. Preemptive strike. Mm -hmm. Ken, uh, Ken, uh, Kennedy also went on uh, national television a night later, two nights later, and said any attack by the Soviet Union would be responded to this as a full retaliatory response against the Soviet Union. So we can't have our Cuban Missile Crisis? That's just for you guys? Yeah. That was the high ground for me. Just like, wait a minute. We've been through all this in the same room. Yeah. Do you want me to roll the film? I mean, it was taken right where you're sitting. Right where you're sitting. No, move over a little bit. Yeah, okay, right there. Yeah. Just remind them that you guys pulled this crap uh, 60 years ago. Where's the even-handedness here? I, w I wouldn't even say pulled this crap. I would say we justifiably defended our homeland and our immediate proximity. I yes. don't think it's crap because if you say we justify this crap, then that comes, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Right. No, I would say you justifiably defended your homeland. You said that there's our nuclear tipped missiles 90 miles from your coast. There'd be no advanced warning. Why can't we do it? We being the Russians, why can't we do it? I mean, why not? Why can't we do it? I, I agree with Kennedy. I thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that those YouTube photos were doctored by one Lee Harvey Oswald um, when he was working in New Orleans. Um, I, I'll tell you one thing. If you look at the launchers now, 60 years later, just saying they weren't ready for prime time. Yeah. They were being positioned and they put some, they were, you know, they were rolling them in there. Uh, and I think Kennedy got some. You know, it is fascinating though, because I think it's yeah. like the last 10 years or so, actually some documents came out, not like, U.S. declassified, but rather like they found them in Cuba. There were at when we said we're going to set up an embargo so that you can't set up like the nuclear tipped. There were already nuclear weapons on the island. I think that came out in like 2011 or 2012. So had we gone in, it actually would have it would have caused nuclear war. There were there were nuclear weapons, kind of like Doctor Strangelove wing attack Plan R. There were nuclear weapons in Cuba that the Soviets had given them basically the uh, authority to use at their discretion. No, we didn't know that until like 50 years later. Thank God we didn't go in. Yeah. Game over. Well, I mean, you there, uh, Oz, I, I ran down this company that Oswald worked at, which he had a, a Q level clearance and he worked at this photography company that processed the YouTube cradles film and I just found it interesting because he was at a YouTube site in Atsugi, Japan, that then he came back and worked for a photography defense contractor. And at the same time, they were trying to convince Kennedy not to invade Cuba. And the deterrent was, hey, wait a minute, you could tr trigger a nuclear war. And that's the only reason Kennedy didn't uh, press the button and do what, not, not a Bay of Pigs, low-end invasion, ragtag, United Fruit-type invasion, but a real invasion. So, uh, which would have not been good for the United Fruit Growers, because United Fruit wanted all the oil for, and sell off all the oil rights to Rockefeller. Alan Dulles was saying, "Hey, we're going to clean up. We can make this a private war. If we make it a public war, we're going to have, you know, military administrators here, but nobody's going to make any cash." Yeah. So, anyway, that's a diversion, but it this is the same sort of thing where this isn't even ninety miles over water. And Key West, let's just all be honest with each other. It's part of the United States, but man, that's stretching yeah. the definition. 
you know, I mean, it's united, but those keys are about two lanes wide for about 30 or 40 miles. I think if we cut it off and let it go. It wouldn't, it wouldn't kill the economy. Now I love Key West, but the 90 mile thing is always thrown around. It's really a lot further to Miami. It's a lot further to uh, Tampa, you know, it, it, than the 90 mile figure. But this is 2000 kilometers of shared border between Ukraine and Russia. Well, that's what I was going to say is, so, although the 90 mile is kind of like a bullshit thing, let's just let's just give it to them. Let's say it is. Let's get given to the American propaganda. It's still 90 miles. And as you pointed out last week, it's 90 miles over water. Now, that doesn't matter for missiles, but you would see if they ever tried to do anything, you would see them coming amphibious. You'd see them from the horizon. There's a it's much different than a 2000 kilometer land border where you could legally just walk right on up, not do anything. We're just not touching you. I'm not touching you. But that's what we're seeing right now. And you made that point last week, though. 2,000-kilometer 2000 land border. And there's trade. The, the key point I'm making here is there's trade between the two. So you could drive a, a, a truck of, and it's hanging meat, and you don't know that it's bats until they open the door. And then the bats all go off into... The, the barns and they're full of fleas and they flap at night and the, the fleas fall onto all the farm animals and the farm animals infect the meat and, and the people working on the farm animals. And pretty soon you have these breakouts. And, and one of the things the Russian uh, minister said again, and I, I can't go through all of the, the breakouts, but there's just been one uh, livestock breakout after another of novel new uh, diseases, new combinations, new novel diseases that have never been seen before there. It's almost like you were emptying out the whole uh, Ken Alabeck, uh biopreparat refrigerator and trying something new every season. I'm not saying that's what happened, but it, it has that cadence and metadata. Um, and again, it's a lot more likely that you would get uh, something that you'd seen before, like flu every year with a variant, but not something completely new and novel that nothing works. And now we need to do a rapid prototype and development of a new vaccine. Usually it's tweaking the old one. So I think you were saying last week, you're saying Russia's got to deliver evidence. Is the sun getting in your eyes? You're saying Russia's got to deliver evidence. They have to. That's why, that's my, why my last 10 minutes has not been Tommy. Kerrigan quality. I'm going to just say, literally, the sun was in my eyes. You can. You can that, that's me. excuse. I don't care. Go close your blinds. I don't give a shit. I'm monologue. Yeah, no. Uh, George is uh, the sun's coming through the side and blinded him. That's why I live in my. That's why I live in my cave with my moving blankets and it's blacked out. There is no sun. I control the light. It's a. I am my own god complex in my corner. Um, but you were saying that Russia does have to provide evidence. They have to bring it up because otherwise. It is nothing more than an invasion. And even if they truly said we're going in there to get bioweapons, the reality is, is at that point, you have to call it what it is. And it's no less of a lie than us saying we're going to get WMDs. The difference is you have you have to produce. And now it seems like, again, Saturday, March 12th, 2022, it seems like they are producing. Is that correct? 
Yes, there's five troves that I received. Uh, UP8 was listed again, um, which is the Congo Crimea hemorrhagic fever. And, and the good part about uh, the forensics here is you can follow the genealogy here, the sort of the phylogeny of how things mutate and so forth um, and see where they came from, where they could and couldn't have come from. The fern cleavage sites we've talked about in the past. Um, and then there are certain proteins when they show up out of the blue where the things been living for, you know, African swine fever uh, has been around since, I don't know, the 50s or something like that. Uh, and it uh, all of a sudden sprouts a new, um, a new mechanism for making its own proteins. Mm. And again, it's that same remdesivir ability to block the ability to make new proteins. So it's a catch-all for everything that they uh, announce. You know, it has that same signature of here's Warren Buffett, here's remdesivir, here's Solvaldi, another Gilead drug. Again, these are being tested there in Ukraine over and over. And it just seems like they keep going back to this sort of Nazi, I don't want to say Nazi charm, but it, it's the same shield mechanism, which is this thing called RDRP, which is RNA dependent RNA polymerase. RNA polymerase, all that means is I can make my own proteins. It's sort of like if I got my arm shot off, I can make my own arm mm. and regenerate my own arm. Pretty handy for a virus, right? If I can stop the ability of the virus to make, to basically grow itself out from a heart, and I could stop that, then I stop the soldier, okay? This RDRP is that mechanism. So every virus that uses RDRP, uses RNA polymerase, can be stopped with this sort of charm. And that's, in the, that's what the remdesivir has. And that's why I keep thinking they're testing the remdesivir over and over and over again for Ebola and HIV and corona. And it never works and they never care because they want it to know that it stops the virus. In, in corona, it comes up with this nonspecific protein. The protein's inside the cell, not outside the cell, in, in a nonspecific protein 12, I believe it is. But it's one of the nonspecific proteins that nobody really talks about. But again, without that one thing, sort of like a car, without a critical component, it doesn't work. And you only need to take one component out, let's say, you know, the drive shaft or the, the connective tissue between the, the motor and the, and the gears, and that stops the car. So it, it does, the feel of this, when I look at all the Sovaldi testing, which is the uh, anti-hep-C um, drug that Gilead's testing there in these labs, there's many labs doing testing in Ukraine, by the way, not just, not just Gilead. And then the remdesivir, it seems to always go back, excuse me, to this RNA-making capability uh, and inhibiting the RNA capability with the new vaccines. That's what they're working on in Odessa. No speculation here. Again, we're, we're encroaching in on what it has to be from several different fronts, sort of like the walls are closing in on what, it, what they have to be doing. Uh, and that's how I'm approaching it. So I don't know if that makes any sense, Tommy. No, <laughs> but no, I, no it does. It, I, I can only imagine that's kind of where this, like, defend Ukraine hysteria, because this, this wasn't 
here in 2014 with Crimea. Maybe I'm just not remembering it. I don't think there was, this was there in 2008 with Georgia. It seems like this hysteria to, we need to defend, we need a no-fly zone, we need a... It seems like they're protecting something. You're really freaking out about, don't look in there. You know, don't look behind that door. I don't care about these other doors, but don't... And it seems like that's where it's all coming together. Do you think that... Do you think COVID was purely Wuhan or... Is there going to be like a wild card in here? Is there going to be a plot twist? Are they going to find that there was, and this is again, just kind of throwing it out there. Are they going to find gain of function SARS-CoV-2 research being done in Odessa? Uh, Yeah, I think the, um, we already know that the bad Corona stuff has been, is, has been done in Odessa and Kiev is going to be the one that really, uh, when when Putin takes the lab in Kiev, this is why I say Putin wants that lab. Uh, you know, he's he's not going. You haven't seen down there uh, by Maiden Square. You know, they have the, the cams on it all the time. There's not there's nothing going on down there. There's no action. There's no shooting. Nothing. People are putting some sandbags up and whatnot. But Putin isn't. Um, He's just not moving toward that. He took the command and control center, the army base out by the airport uh, where the zoo was, but that was it, you know. Uh, and I think he's trying to find where the where the other base is. Um, I don't know that that's published. The I call them the triggering bio labs, the ones that might have triggered the invasion. One is certainly Odessa. The other one they said Lavrov said was Kiev. The foreign minister said it was Kiev. I don't know the address. I'd love to know the address because if I was trying to predict the pincer movements coming forward and the double envelopment movements that are going to be thrown down, it's going to be around that lap. Now, people are can say whatever they want on the internet. We're just doing analysis and reading the tea leaves as we see them. We're not making any claims like we can predict the future. We're just saying, hey, given the Given the state of the chessboard, here's the next move that I think is going to be made. Um, and that would prove to the world, I think Kiev is kind of like the last capturing the, you know, closing in on a cane, you know, in this game, in this chessboard game. Um, what, are, what are we going to see, do you think, are we going to see Zelensky, if he is, well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he's not entirely a CIA shale. If he truly is looking out for Ukraine, do you think that if Putin were to give an ultimatum about giving up the labs and will completely go home, do you think Zelensky would do that? Because now now it would be in Zelensky's power to stop the slaughter like that, and he would have to take it. Well, I don't think Kolomoisky would let him. Yeah. Uh, because he's he is kind of put in there, installed by Kolomoisky. I think Putin, you're. I think you're very much on the right track of a diplomatic solution, though. Is you give me the labs and you give me the paperwork. I know that the the chemicals are gone, but you give me the paperwork, like we we got from the other labs, and and we can prove our case. Then we go home, and you get you. I don't think Putin wants to unseat and was looking for regime change like we were looking for with Saddam Hussein. I don't think that we're looking for that. 
at first it seemed like it was that, but now I think now I'm taking the web hypothesis. I, I think this was entirely about labs. Well, look at where the airstrikes were. Yeah. I mean, let's say you wanted to go, there's 11 labs and they're distributed all over Ukraine. You're going to have special forces need to go in physically on the ground. Yeah. You have to take out the local air support, helicopter air support, otherwise your spetsnauts are going to be ground beef. That means you have to take out the air cover. You have to take out the MiG-29s and 31s. I think they only have 29s. So that was the first thing. It's kind of like air canopy, got to go. And then the helicopters, air dominance is achieved, and now spetsnauts can come in. And you're going to have snipers after that, and that's small shoulder-fired uh, rocket with the laser thing. It seems to be their way of taking out, doing the echolocation on the sniper and just taking out the whole little apartment. And that's why I think you do have 325 civilian casualties. But that's a really low number when you consider the civilian casualties in the first seven days of shock and awe or first 14 days of shock and awe in Iraq. Or 20, or 20 years, 1.5 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, but even in that first time, if you compare the two time periods, the numbers are just, uh, you know, I mean, that's another thing is you can take poker chips and bring them in. Every one of these chips represents 100 deaths. And here's my three chips and here's your stack. Yeah. You know, what you guys did in Iraq. Um, again, two, you know, two wrongs don't justify yeah. a right. But But I think everybody would be, every American would understand what you said about Kennedy. You would go fight. I would go fight and take out missiles in Cuba. Sure. Because that, that, that's bullshit. That's the, that's, that's the end of the world. That's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would go in, in a heartbeat. We, uh, sure. we interviewed this McDuff guy who has actually one of the planners of the invasion. So, um, you know, why can't we see that in through Russian eyes? And Kolomoisky, you know, I just think that he would be assassinated if he ever gave up the Kiev biolab. But this next week, we're going to have the answer. And there's these six tranches of documents that are in uh, Russian. And unfortunately, the way the document is, I can't translate it in chunks. Uh, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to need a week. Uh, but uh, I'll get more on the different programs and so forth. And Baxter Healthcare uh, is also there. They're also a Chicago-based um, health company that Rahm Emanuel has been associated with, Abbott Labs, and Abby V was the vaccine spinoff of Abbott. Um, he's been associated with, he's been associated with, you know, finding these uh, antibodies. We've been following him for six years with these illegal labs. So we have some uh, threads back to Rahm Emanuel in this, um, working with Colin Wojcicki. And there's also threads between Eric Prince and Blackwater. Uh, Ballard Petroleum, which was an, uh, something that um, Eric Prince invested in and Colin Wojcicki invested in, uh, in a lot of Cleveland real estate that Colin Wojcicki bought. So we not only have Eric Prince training a private army and potentially training the Azov Brigade, the Dnepro Brigade, and the Adair Brigade, we now also have them laundering the money in the takings uh, through this Ballard Petroleum. So there's a lot of strings to pull on here in the next week. Um, would you 
would you rather we we wait until the next episode to go into those to get more data or or is there anything we can still touch on now i'm up for i'm up for whatever uh i i feel a little uncomfortable uh going forward without more examination of the evidence but uh we can talk about anything else you want to talk about (laughs) i don't have a time limit problem i just think well let's press pause on that Stay tuned for next week yeah, for the analysis on the Blackwater and shit. Yeah, no, I'm fi- I'm fine with that. No, um, so again, back to the what we do have. Is there anything that I haven't brought up, or that you have, or that you've wanted to bring up that we haven't yet? That that doesn't have to do with speculation. That that isn't dependent on further analysis or f- further unfoldings. Is there anything that we maybe haven't touched on? of things that have happened that we know for a fact have happened, concrete evidence that just for whatever reason has slipped both our minds. Well, there's one, I'll, I'll end it here with a wacky thing. Okay. <laughs> and these things, I tell you, when you read these bioweapons projects, they're wacky. But one of them had to do, and the Russians mentioned this again yesterday, is this migratory birds. Okay. So using migratory birds, usually what they do is concentrate on birds of prey, I mean, in birds that are prey, like, you know, geese and ducks and so forth that are hunted and go into the food supply um, and infecting them in one place. And then when they migrate back north, then they take their, you know, you just can't believe that you would have, a, this is, you know, was read out by the, the guy in front of the security council that they were trying to do this with bird flu. Um, H5N1, H3N2, or, um, H5N1, wasn't there H1N1, uh, you know, there's, there's combinations of both bird flu and swine flu that have been put together. Um, and, uh, so I'm, so I'm not sure on which H's it is. I thought maybe H3N2, but I I could be wrong. Could be H5N1. Uh, but the, the, but using migratory birds as an offensive weapon. Now, this goes all the way back to carrier pigeons in World War One, and it probably goes all the way back to the Battle of Kafka or Kaffa with the, the Muslim hordes and you know, the Ottomans and the Christians at Constantinople and, and uh, St. Elmo's Fire there and uh, the Battle of Malta, Siege of Malta. So, I mean, animals have been used for a long time to vector plague and so forth. Uh, plague... Uh, also was cited anti-plague stations uh, were cited on the Russian border as well by the Russians. So there's just some very historically very old, old Knights of Malta stuff (laughs) that is being brought up. And I'm wondering, is this one of those deals where we're going to get all the real documentation out and we're going to leave a treasure trove of stuff that's, throw you off you know like you say deception yeah. sun zoo you know, yeah i don't know it sounds so wacky that you know you can't believe it uh, i don't think any of it's wacky i mean when you so what is all of this at its at its rawest form this is posturing for power forget cuban missile crisis forget ukraine remove the names from it what is it it's, it's defensive empire be it ours be it russia be it china be it whatever it's it's posturing for power and after this, then there's bigger pictures, right? Where you're posturing for, can we take on an entire other nation? It's global hegemony. It's the oldest game played. And it's been going from, you know, the, the first place leadership trophy has been tra- passed from empire to empire, Spain, or 
Britain or France or Egypt or China or whatever, when you rem when you remember and realize that that's what this is, nothing is off the table all the way up to global thermonuclear war. So the idea, when you accept that a possible outcome, that it is technologically possible that right now a button is pushed and a 200-foot-tall missile goes up to Mach 23 and it's carrying a thermonuclear warhead or 10 of them, each one 100 times, 1,000 times stronger than the one on Hiroshima. When you accept that that is a physical possibility right now as it was 60 years ago, everything below that is automatically still on the table, including deception and leaving treasure troves and sea spray-like activities and social media manipulation and, you know, removing Russia from the swift banking. It's all, once you establish that literal and figurative upper echelon of what's possible, orbital nuclear weapons, everything under that comes into play. And so, no, I don't think it's goofy. I don't think it's goofy at all. Do you think, do you think, because Russia's not existing in a vacuum, you know the CIA's in there, do you think we might release a bioagent preemptively and then say, this is what Russia's trying to cover up, is they just released this bioagent on the innocent, stunning, and brave people of Ukraine, and now they're trying to say it was the United States, but the reality is, is they did it. Absolutely. Um, and, and sometimes I think, is this whole thing just a... I hate to say Rothschild or, uh, yeah, or a, Rockefeller. A Schwabian play. Yeah, where you just have both sides attack. It's not even There's, real. Everyone leaves. We get everything between us. You know, it the Victor's goes. This, it might be. You know, I, so let's say that I. the more I see out of Putin and the more I see out of the Russian ministry, unless they come up with better stuff than the migratory birds and, and, the, and the bats, um, I want to see more evidence. Yeah. But they've released a lot. But, but having said that, um, I, I do think um, – we will be getting a lot more information in in the next week, yeah. and so we'll we'll be able to to look at it um, with more of a precision. Uh, and I was going to mention to you a couple of other things that the the Russian minister said, uh, but they're I'm, I'm, they're slipping my mind right now. Uh, just I just think the calling a Security Council meeting. Just doesn't happen that often. No, I can't remember the last time Russia called an, a Security Council meeting, and usually you don't do that unless you got the juice, unless you got the proof. And I guess that's my final um, comment: is I don't think you do this unless there's a good reason. And you normally do it like like we did in '03. You do it before a war. You never, in the midst of the chaos and fog of war, you never go time out. Look what we just found. Look what we just found. You don't do that. That's what's kind of absurd. And wasn't Russia censured? At that meeting, they were censured. I thought I thought they were censured by the UN. I, I could be fake news. I might be wrong. Um, that could be true. I, I that's I might have got missed that on no, the no no no. I don't think you did. Regardless, they're, they're calling for the meeting. They're, regardless of the censorship, it's that's absurd. It's yeah, I think maybe in Syria 2014 they might have. Um, 
11 of the 12 members of the common independent states signed a declaration in 1991. Oh, that's the uh, 11. Um, well, when did Russia become a member? 1991, the Russian Federation became a member of the Security Council. Um, and of course, that was, yeah. Uh, th so I'll, I'll have to go into the history here and see when they voted, but it just doesn't seem like something you would do unless you had a substantial amount of proof. Maybe it is trying to justify um, their actions, um, but Russia blocked Security Council uh, actions on Ukraine. I don't know what those would have been, but there it is, United Nations News on the 25th of November. So there's certainly, um, yeah, it, it said that UN Security Council made a resolution that immediately stop and withdraw all of its troops, uh, stop the uh, attack, which was one day into the attack. Um, 193 member general assembly, but the uh, security council is obviously a much smaller group. Um, I'll have more next week, but it just, it, it seems like there's another shooter drop with Kiev. I guess that's the bottom line. And then, and then the other one I, I would say is there's four labs, five labs, maybe uh, on the Western side in Lviv, you know, Lviv and on a, on a jet plane uh, is maybe the, this theme of next week's because there's three labs out there. And anytime I see like the ones in Kiev, an animal, monkey, and human all right next to each other, that to me says passaging, passaging, passaging. And that may not be true. It may be just the fact that they build them all together and it's easier to get parking lots yeah. for, for medical students. I don't know. Maybe. You know, it's, it's near the train line, but that's also a perfect place to go from you know, uh, monkey to mouse to monkey to human. And um, we saw that same thing in South Korea. Um, so in, in Australia with CSIRO, so we, it's just a repeating pattern that is here in the United States. We have the monkey experiments up in Bethesda here in the United States uh, at the Naval Hospital there in Maryland. These pathogens, that's the other thing. The Russians, maybe that's what I forgot. The Russians had said that these new survivor B cells and blood samples were being taken back to Bethesda for evaluation and the Naval Hospital for evaluation, meaning they were, um, you know, available to be leaked to pharmaceutical interests for developing monoclonal antibodies. If you find the one guy who lives and 99 die, that B cell becomes extremely valuable as a monoclonal antibody. So, so uh, I think we got a lot to talk about next week. Yeah, and yeah, not only that, I was just, kind of on a side note. I, I've been thinking, like, you think of how valuable like a human a human body is, right? You think of just how I mean, you can't not yet, but I mean, that's why there's a, a pretty penny on organs. That's why research is so expensive. That's because we have all those pesky rules about how you got to do it on animals and not people. But if you think about like the marriage of corporation and state, or at least the backdoor uses, you know, like the revolving contracts with with the military industrial complex, or think everything about the Dulles brothers. Um, I've, one thing I've just been thinking, kind of on a side note, for the last couple months was like an extraordinary rendition program in the CIA, 
I mean, you're taking a someone to Tunisia and putting him in a basement, and they're never heard from again, and they get rid of the body. If you were a smart person, an evil person, but if you were a smart person, once you were finished with your torture and trying to get intelligence out of them, or even if you were just in Guantanamo, no, you'd want a black site. You wouldn't want any records. Why would you not have like a contact with Big Pharma and be like, hey, male, 38 years old, you know, you know, whatever, of Arab, Arab descent, you know, you got anything you want to test on them? Why go through those pesky $15 billion FDA trials? You send over your own black team, go in there, you get that data, and now you are that many steps ahead of your, your rival pharma corporation. It's one thing I have Absolutely. This has been done. Uh, the, that's another thing the Russians said is not only being done on the military in Ukraine, but military in NATO yeah. as well. These tests were being done. And go back to the Jews in, in the Holocaust. And, and you know what's interesting is somebody mentioned this to me is, you know, talking about the Owl Mountains and the, all the bats and so forth. And a lot of the, the Jews worked in underground facilities, caves, Nordhausen. man-made caves, Nordhausen. like Nordhausen, Middlework and all that for the U2 and stuff. Or for the um, uh, V1, V2, Um, that they they had to have a mammal that lived and could survive on insects in caves. They couldn't have, they couldn't use the pork model because they need grass and sunlight. They couldn't use the bird model because the birds wouldn't. So in order to conduct the underground testing, you had to use bats. Plus bats are you know, are regressive on the phylogenic scale that they don't have an immune system like the developed mammalian immune system. So that you could grow anything you wanted in the bats, they'd keep multiplying. Mm. So if you were working uh, in the Nazi labs after the war, um, bats were really your only option. So your knowledge base around bats as a reservoir would be really good. Um, And now after the war, you could bring it above ground but again, if you want to stay covert, you've got to make bats a part of your, um, you know, your your daily diet, as it were. And, uh, you know, I went to Columbus and we went to where these two guys that seemed to be running bioweapons for Colum Whiskey were, this Fruman and Parnas. We have the IP addresses. We have their clearances, the whole thing. They're also going to Redstone Arsenal. They're also going and getting their DIA credentials at Fort Huachuca. They're also going to China before the breakout the live exercise at the Wuhan games, the military games, um, these Fruman and Parnas guys. And they're going to a place called Bat Tell. <laughs> Battelle. Jeez. Battelle Labs. Oh, God. And they, ma- they manage Fort Dietrich. I know it's a it's just a wacky coincidence no, that it's Bat Battelle, but it is Battelle, it's yeah. just it's that's where they get these two Ukrainian guys have their clearance. So you know, we need we need whistleblowers. I I I ran into one in 2017 and said the Bidens are doing the energy; they're not doing the nefarious stuff. That's all the farther they would really tell me. It gave me a little bit of indication that it was in Ukraine and it had to do with Warren Buffett. I thought it meant oil. I thought it meant uranium in Kazakhstan. It turned out that was right with Hunter Biden going and getting Kazakhstan uranium for Warren Buffett. But also, I missed. My partner didn't miss it, but uh, she was honing in on Gilead. Gilead's remdesivir, Gilead's Sovaldi. Gilead is all these things that 
provide this kind of Nazi charm. So um, the get out of jail free or whatever you want to call it, the universal vaccine. So that's a lot. All This is kind of the potpourri at the end where yeah, I yeah. really haven't formulated any theory or anything, working theory. I'm just saying it's just interesting information. Yeah. But this is how you get to, the, you know, you. it's kind of like how the sausage is made is when you have, whenever you look at something and someone figures something out and you go, oh, put another coin in the George Webb was right jar or the Alex Jones was right jar. What you're not seeing, though, is is the very messy process of, I mean, what have you been doing? You and I have been doing this whole podcast. We're just throwing out ideas. And most of them in a year we will look back at and go, oh, God, that was so wildly off the mark. But that's how you approach the thing is you make up, you create models and you have to kind of remove ego and embarrassment. And you just have to realize, like, I, I'm probably wrong, but by removing those constraints and the labels of misinformation, it allows creativity to flow and you can just start taking different approaches at it. You go, maybe this, maybe COVID was a dry run for a genetic based uh, genocidal vaccine or a uh, virus against Russia. Or maybe this is, um, who knows, maybe this is Russian disinformation, or maybe this is, you know, big pharma doing black site research. I mean, all that, I mean, are all probably wildly off the mark. But by doing that and by not really having any reservations or embarrassments about it and being okay with being wrong, that allows you, that allows the mind to kind of open up. And it's like what they say about the importance of like, you know, like business owners or like military tacticians. They always say like, think about your biggest, your biggest existing problem as you're falling asleep, because as you fall asleep, the existing kind of constraints about reality. I got to sit up straight. I got to, you know, make sure I make eye contact with George. I'm sitting in a chair. I'm thirsty. As you are in bed and you're kind of unleashing like the shackles of, of culture and you go to sleep, you're also unleashing your mind. They always say, just do that. That's why you get those, you're falling asleep. You're, I mean, what's like the stereotype? You're falling asleep. You're falling asleep. Brilliant idea. You get wake, put it on the phone, write it down, write it down. Because you start to you start to decompartmentalize the brain, different creative processes, and you look at things from a different angle. Now that might mean that you're wildly incorrect, like you know, who knows? Probably most of what we're saying. But this is, I think, important for the end of the episode. Is you got to throw it all at the wall. We don't know what's coming. We have no idea what you and I are going to be discussing next week. So. Even though next week hindsight will be twenty twenty, right now we are at not we are not at next week. There is an event horizon right in front of us, and we see a bunch of different possible things forming in different shapes and ideas, but we don't know what it is. So, for me, let's I, I would say let's just kind of go with final speculations. I would say, given everything we have, and given that whole rant that I could be wrong, I think we're. I feel like we're going to see there are two most likely things and it's either a complete expose of of what the lab researchers are doing and it's going to shift the narrative or we're going to see a preemptive release of a bioagent by the CIA. Obviously, we won't know it's the CIA, but you'll know it's the CIA and that will ratchet up the demonization of Russia. Those are kind of my two immediate theories. What's your immediate theory, George? And then we'll then we'll wrap it up. 
Um, I think the three labs in Kiev and then producing the documents. And then next week's show after that, it's the three labs in Lviv, maybe throw in Ternopol and throw in the one that's to the right, it's like Viznitsia or something like that, those five. But I think there's a pincer with Lutz and um, Ivanov right now in, in Western. It's like the alligator closing mm-hmm. uh, on the Lviv, but I don't think they're there yet. Uh, but I do think they're closing in and ready to make a deal in Kiev. We'll see what happens. We don't know. The great George Webb, Wuhan Webb, and uh, that's your rap name. And um, I'm, okay. it's Wuhan Webb and, and Tommy Moisky dropping our new album, Leaving Lviv. And uh, Leaving Lviv, I love it. That's, that's our backup plan for eventually when the CIA comes after this. George and I will be going underground, uh, fleeing to another nation and becoming uh, B-rated, low low uh low popularity rappers of wuhan lab and tommy moisky and and driving a bat convoy and, truck and, on the weekend driving a bat convoy truck that will be our things all of our fans will be will be batmen and women it'll be it'll be a whole trope and see this is important right now because what we're doing now is we're by throwing in that last little insane sentence i'm also setting up george and i's insanity play so they can never pin us on anything because now we are plausibly insane I think I made it before then. <laughs> I think I think I made it. I think I made it before I even ever met you. So we're good. Um, okay. Very cool. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'll put in the the kicker here. The great Tommy Kerrigan has been discussing a podcast with uh, George Webb. Uh, you can find him at Tommy's Tommy's podcast on Rumble, and you can find me George Webb on Twitter at Real George Webb the numeral one. Uh, and follow us and join us next week for the answer to the test. Yeah. And I will, as always, all those descriptions will be in the, or my brain's cooked. All those links will be in the description. And uh, George, I will upload this episode ASAP. I will get it up immediately. And um, yeah, thank you so much, my man. I'll text it to you. And, you up. and you'll send me a link so I can get a copy. A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I want to add graphics and, uh, and we'll be able to do screenshots next want, week to yeah. remind yeah, yeah, yeah. to remind the audience. Yeah, yeah, no, you, no, you, guys, Thanks, you can you can you can re redistribute, republish, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Uh, that sounds care. great. God bless everybody. Thanks, Tommy. Stay safe. Recording stop. Thank stopped. you so much, my man.